Steven, it's a new year. It's 2022. And I've got a big, fat, juicy wish that it's going to be a year full of fulfillment here on You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. What do you think? I've got a big old sauce-drenched wish myself just slapped on my plate here in front of me. And I'm going to dig in to a whole nother year of You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. It's going to be a big year full of winding down our rewatch of Community and moving on to whatever comes next for us and to be a part of it with us. There's so many ways to show your support. We've got a big old warm pool here for you. Come on and slip on your skibbies and slide down the ladder and dive in. How how can they get in this pool, Zach? If you put your toe in the water and it feels fine and you want to get waist deep, come join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. It's the way to support this show and to help us move it forward as we move into the future. It's also the way to get more of us every week with our live pre-show every week. You can't just a pre-show and all kinds of Patreon exclusive content coming all the time, Steven. We'd love for you to support us on Patreon, but you can also hang out with us free of charge over on Twitter at You Can't Disappod. We are also on Instagram at Can't Disappoint Podcast. And we're on Facebook and YouTube under the whole name of the show, You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. Also, if you would like to be a part of the show every week, you can email us at can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com. To be a part of next week's podcast, write us in your trivia, your favorite funny moment, and your episode MVP for next week's episode of Community, and we'll read it out loud on the show. If you like what we do here, leave a review wherever you leave reviews about podcasts. Yeah, maybe like... The Sharper Image product review site. Leave us a review there. There's uh, like a box full of sticky notes at my post office. Write a review and leave it there. I hope you guys are jumping on board with us and you're ready to traverse 2022 with me and Steven. What do you say? Let's rip our way into another episode if you can't disappoint a podcast. Cannonball! <laughs> I'll put like a big <laughs> splat. <laughs> Clone Troy. Clone Abed. By the way, when I cloned you, I had to pass some missing parts of your DNA with genes from a homing pigeon. You may notice side effects, like a compulsion to come back. Cool. Clone hug? Obviously, you would do a lot of the heavy lifting, but I feel like you and I could do fairly well in a lava world scenario. Oh, yeah. Did you ever play this game as a kid? Did you like this type of thing? I I would play. I like this game so much, Zach, I played it by myself. I didn't need compatriots. That's not playing a lava world. That's you're a kid jumping around on the furniture. uh, Because. Your little feety prints, your little toe prints everywhere. (laughs) <laughs> See, now I normally like to add to the thrill, Zach, because I didn't want to be burned alive. Sure, no one does. Instead of lava, I would play where like it was like a cavernous abyss and I'd fall to my death like a deep, big, long drop. Man, I'd love for a psychiatrist to just fall <laughs> up into whatever that means. <laughs> 
Well, because here's the no thing, one, Zach. No one who's playing hot lava, <laughs> you had you had a way that you would rather die. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be burned alive. I'd feel all that. But if I jump from high enough, then I'll die. You're just hoping for a ground. splat scenario. No, no, you would not. Yeah, you die from a shock before you hit the ground when you jump off of something. Is that 100% true? Normally, unless your body, like your stuff, like your adrenaline doesn't kick in the right way sure. and you are aware of it. I'm sure well, I kind of feel like regardless of like when the moment of death is, in a falling scenario, even if it is when you hit the ground, it's instant like splat. You're like yeah. splat like a bug. Your skull is crushed. Your brain is mm-hmm. goo. There's no – hi, welcome to the show, everybody. There's, <laughs> there's no coming back from that. And I kind of feel like it'd probably be similar if you fall into completely submerged in hot lava. Like, sure, you burn and boil to death, well, but it's yeah, so hot. Well, yeah, you burn up before you even hit the ground, It's Zach. so hot and happens so fast that it's same level of just consciousness gone. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to You Can't Disappoint a Podcast. It's going to be another fun, light hour and a half of podcast <laughs> with your good pals. Hi, everyone. I'm Clone Zach. Nice. Hi, everyone. I'm Steven, and I am sad because Troy's leaving. Ah, Now I am, too. But, but I'm happy because we're going to talk about it. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here to talk about this episode, to continue travailing through community, I'm already to the point where I am becoming nostalgic for this podcast that we're still doing because our weeks of doing it are still a bit, but they're they're dwindling. Yeah. It, We've got like know, four or five months of this left. On my Mayan calendar, the world is going to end yeah. in like 20-something episodes. I don't know. I, I actually can't read it, know. but I, I spent a lot of money on are. it and I have it here. It takes up a lot of space. Uh, it's a great conversation. Let's give a sh- shout out at the top of the program to the people who help support this show every week. Our ten dollars and up patrons over at patreon.com slash can't disappoint podcast. Those people are Brian Thurman, Planeswalker Prez, Danny M. Lugo, Mary Baker Budisa, and Taylor Ace. We love all of those people very, very much. And all the other patrons over there. There's a lot of stuff going on over at the Patreon right now. There Every is. week, it's hip and happening. You get a full second rewatch podcast from me and Steven. Brokeback Bebop, where we're going through Cowboy Bebop. <clears throat> we're pretty deep into it at this point. Yeah, so it's we been are. a lot of fun. I was gonna uh, do a like a, a musical I know. riff. But I kept I waiting for you to do it because I can talk over it. Yeah, we don't need the whole world to stop to stop for you to do that again. <laughs> yeah, the moment the moment's lost. If it, if I heard it comes you take again, the... <clears throat> I was prepared. Get into the microphone and nothing. Yeah. <laughs> do you still want to do it, or is the time passed? I will see. Why don't you keep going? See, so yeah, Brokeback Bebop's been a lot of fun. We're like 10 episodes deep into it. It's a full second podcast from us. If you like what we do here, you should check it out, whether you like Cowboy Bebop or not. It's worth a check out. Also, every hey, week we do... British accent, could you tell? No. You can't disappreciate. <laughs> we do that every week for a half hour before we record this show. That's always really fun right now. We're tier ranking the top fast food brands. And Yeah, what's Steven... your favorite fast food? No, that's for the pre-show, but Steven and I have been more Not heated you. I was, I was arguing the audience. fast food. You can't talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> you do all the time. Um over on the Patreon, we're doing that, and Steven and I more hotly debate that type of thing than we've ever debated anything about community. Absolutely true. So you should come check it out. And that's we almost all came to blows over, like, three of the first five restaurants, so. 
Uh, meanwhile, someone who I keep showing up for blows but never does is our community <laughs> papa at Communities on Twitter. We love the people over at Communities very much for all that they do to push the community fandom forward, to to make sure every drop of community content made by fans is is uh, thrown out to the community masses. I think that's awesome. And also yeah. all they do for all the podcasts. So thanks, Communities. And show up for blows. That's all we want. Uh, we've sent cards, letters. Us. We've called ahead, made reservations for blows, and sent yet... mail carrier pigeons <laughs> with a with with a crinkled up piece of paper that just says "blow" across yeah. it. Well, this has been fun and silly already. We've been talking about better ways to die than lava. Mm-hmm. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. How You're are you, buddy? I'm kind of excited to be here. Yeah, talk about some community. I'm having a good time. I'm I'm vibing. Vibing. Yeah. I don't Five know if check. there's anything really new. Oh, I, I, as I always do, I found a new musical artist to go absolutely down the wormhole of. Mm-hmm. And as always with me, they have not been relevant for a very, very long time. But they're really, really good. And you won't have heard of them, but I'll show you a photo and you'll be like, oh, I've seen that before. Uh, the guy's name is Daniel Johnston. Uh-huh. Um, he's a severely mentally ill person who, like was constantly taken care of by people while he was alive, but yet he Mm -hmm. sat down and wrote these beautiful songs that Mm. so accurately and and perfectly described, like, what was happening in his head. And and it's really, really powerful. And it was stuff that he recorded, like, in his basement at his parents' house onto cassette tapes. Oh, my God. So it feels like a peak. It's really lo-fi and feels like a peak into this kid. And yeah, you can listen to it. And wow. he went on to to get more notoriety as a songwriter. He's he's kind of like I kept saying he's like a, a, a autistic schizophrenic Bob Dylan, literally, wow. except with a little bit of like Tiny Tim in his voice. Like he's Jesus. a real weirdo. It's Daniel Johnston. He's a really great songwriter. And the reason that uh, if I look up one of his albums, the cover of, um. The T-shirt of that album, Kurt Cobain wore it at, like, the Music Awards one year. And then wow. for, like, a three-month period, he was only seen wearing that shirt, like, in every photo. And if I show you the photo, you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've probably seen that before. Oh, yeah. That's Daniel Johnston. He's also a physical artist. and he, He's just a really interesting guy. It's a wormhole. There's a great documentary about him that I watched called The Devil and Daniel Johnston. He mm. had, I don't know, it's a wormhole and it's been a really good one. So uh, if you're into like lo-fi music, because it's like, his music is like, it's really powerful because on paper it's unlistenable. Like if you listen to it, because he's like tapping on the piano, you can hear like literally the tapping of the keys against oh the keys. Uh, but if you like listen to these beautiful songs and lyrics that he's written, like at a certain point, you're listening to the Beatles. Like you're hearing just a keyboard and tapping, but like you can hear the symphony. You know what I wow. mean? Does that make any sense? Yeah. It's like so minimalist that it becomes I'll check that out. everything. Uh, the documentary especially really good. What about you? What are you uh, engaging in these um, days? I'm currently watching eleven different anime. Nice. That are of which. All except two are currently airing. All, all except three, I guess, are currently airing. One just aired. I just haven't finished it yet. Um, so that's been fun. There's one. Did I talk about this last week on the actual podcast or on Bebop? I can't keep track. Talk about know, it on Bebop. It. Uh, but I'm uh, watched some cool ones. Highlights: Kaguya-sama Love Is War season three. That one's really really funny. 
Um, it's like a romantic comedy. I do think you mentioned it on both, but I'm not stopping yeah. you. I'm um, watching Spy Family, which recent news in that one, it just became the third highest rated anime of all time on my anime list. Cool. Now, it's just after two episodes, so like everybody's giving it really high scores right now, and it'll drop, I'm sure. But pretty it's impressive. Noteworthy. Sure. Because it, it passed Attack on Titan, which the final season when that started did the same thing and then mm -hmm. stayed that high for some mm -hmm. reason. Shouldn't have. But <laughs> stayed that high. Uh, and so I think Spy Family is really good. It's really, really wholesome. It's the one that's like Mr. and Mrs. Smith, if they had a telepathic daughter and the mom was an assassin. That's like the best way I yeah. can describe it. And but the baby so is funny smart and or wholesome. something. The kid yeah, is Yeah, the baby is telepathic is the word that I just used, Zach. I wasn't here. <laughs> God. Uh. Uh. Because yeah. I've definitely heard this before. <laughs> you know? It's true. I'll let um, you do your thing. But other I've highlights. Been okay, here for one this that I, I started since mm -hmm. I talked before uh, that's on the grounds of what I do for a living a little bit, I guess. This isn't a ballroom dance one. I am watching a ballroom dance one. But uh, this one's called Dance, Dance, Danceur. And it's about a kid who, when he was like. You know, a young kid, he went to the ball to a ballet recital because his sister People was in ballet. People can't see me, but I'm shaking my head in disapproval. <laughs> and because I said it's about a young kid, because uh, you said it's called dance, <laughs> dance, danceur, <laughs> and nobody's ever said anything. Like that. <laughs> and uh, but the kid sees like this ballet recital. He's like, "This is like whatever. It's boring." But then this like guy comes out and does this super like badass ballet like solo number that's full of power. And the kid like sees these like sparkles, and he's like, "This is incredible." And then the kid's, uh, it's like, "I'm gonna do ballet." His mom was like, "Okay, sure, whatever." His dad was like, "Don't oh, you want to do something a little more manly?" And the kid was like, "Uh," and the dad was like, "Actually, it's fine. Do ballet." And then the dad dies, and the kid's like, "Ah, oh, shit." My dad wanted me to do something manly, not ballet, so I'm not going to do ballet. I'm going to learn this martial art so I can be a stunt coordinator like my dad. Okay. Fast forward to the kids in high school. Super popular, badass karate kid, right? Uh, and um, this girl like sees him doing some shit, and she's like, Hey, uh, that thing you did, can you do it again? And he's like, Yeah, sure. I'll show you my cool-ass karate move. And then she, like, does the same thing, but she, like, flashes him her underwear. And he's like, oh, she likes me. So then she gets him to follow her to the ballet studio. Steven, look, this sounds great, but you're losing me <laughs> a long time ago. So I'm sure you've started to lose the audience at this yeah, point, Yeah, okay, too. basically, Give me he, the he like, starts doing ballet. Yeah. And it's like a ballet show. Like a cross between it's martial like arts step and up, ballet. That sounds But cool. if instead of a hip-hop camera chanting Tatum, you have the Karate Kid. All right, well, let's move on to community. I'm not <laughs> I really went into an in-depth description I'm not about saying that, that one, these shows I? don't sound good, but yes. We, I was like, oh, we're still in the setup? Oh, we're still in the setup? Oh, we're still in the setup? <laughs> but get this, Zach. <laughs> the ballet school... He's under her house because her mom is the ballet teacher. All right. So if you want to hear Steven talk more about Japan Dance Hogwarts, you can <laughs> go somewhere. Uh, today, we're here to talk about Season 5, Episode 5 of Community. It's a big episode in the history of the series. We're here yeah. to talk about geothermal escapism. This episode was directed by Joe Russo. I don't know when Came exactly back. the last time he directed one is. It might have been season two. It might have been season three. But this is his 20th 
directing credit on the series of 21. He has one more episode that he directs a little bit later wow. this season. And the episode was written by Tim Sicardo, who's a name that I'm super familiar with. I think he's a really respected writer. Mm-hmm. But on Community, previously he wrote Course Listing Unavailable in Season 3, Economics of Marine Biology in Season 4. And this is his only other writing credit, so just the three episodes. Wow. And the episode originally aired on my 17th birthday, January Aww. 23rd, 2014. Happy birthday, Zach. Thank you. you I was starting to wonder if you forgot <laughs> my 17th birthday. I was birthday. waiting. Uh, let's move on. I to probably wish you a happy 17th birthday. You know, I don't think you did. I bet I did. Facebook happy birthday exclamation point does not count. Ah, joke's on you. I didn't have a Facebook when you turned 17, Zach. Wow, you're so cool, an outsider. <laughs> yeah, I I was late to the craze. I've got six whopping trivia questions for you this week. I have four. Okay, so I'll give you one first. What does the winner of Hot Lava receive? Um, They receive a mint condition, or near mm-hmm. mint. You're struggling uh, with the not hard part, so... <laughs> it's a it's a copy of Space Clone. Yeah. Worth fifty thousand dollars. What issue? One. Yeah. That was it. Good now uh, you know, I I feel like I should still get the points because I added all the you... bonus stuff. But I do have a question. What is the comic that Abed is giving away? Oh, Space Clones. Space number Clone. one. Yeah. Yeah, you get a point, even though that was one of you get a point I'm not too, taking buddy. points away. Thank you. You can have that. I'm gonna keep this for forever. Nice. I love keep it. Keep that point. Uh, the rules of hot lava state no coming back as what? Lava Once you die, you monsters? can't come back as. Yeah, you can't come back as a lava monster. <laughs> that was really funny. Um, what are the locker boys taking? Chairs. That's one of them. I don't know. <laughs> what They're else? They're taking chairs, food, and your same-sex celebrity crush. Oh, sure. Yeah. Who is your same-sex celebrity crush, Zach? Well, you know, I am bisexual, so I don't know if it really counts as, like, a same-sex celebrity crush. Um, I don't know. I kind of have a crush on everybody that's attractive. Okay. I don't really know if I have one specific male celebrity crush. There's not a guy you're like, wow, he's really cute. I don't know. If I think, if it comes to me, I'll bring it up, but not, not quick off the top of my head. Do you? I have a few. Um, okay. Okay, you know what? I'm going to say one who, like, every time... I, like, giggle when he's on... Okay. Like, RuPaul's Drag Race. I think he's so handsome. Uh, Jeffrey Boyer Chapman. I don't know who that is. I'll pull up a picture of him. He's, yeah, he's let's a, see a picture. He's a handsome hunk. I'll have to think. Jeffrey Boyer Chapman, if you're out here. Oh. He's a big fan of the show, I'm sure. Let me see yeah. that hunk. He's real handsome. Well, his entire face is blurred out. He, oh yeah, he's cute. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Oh, nice focus, camera. I, I, um, yeah. my turn for a question. What does Chang tell the locker boys to earn? Um, earn your chairs, M and M's. Nice, like locker boys. Look, earn your M and M's. That's good. I missed that one. Um. What is Hickey going to do to Britta when the game is over? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to shove you back. Oh, yeah. That was funny. (laughs) What does Shirley have Leonard do to help in the attack against Shirley (laughs) Island? 
he unleashes the butter, the popcorn yeah. butter on the ground. That was awesome. The, that was really great. Do you have any more? One more? Yeah. When making the clone of Abed, what does the laser guidance system do? One of my next questions is akin to this, and I don't know. Because <laughs> it was about something else, about the same thing. Yeah. Um, it keeps the regeneration sequence from jib-jabbing. From jib-jabbing. Jib-jabbing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, jib -jabbing. okay. Uh, what technology is used in the cloning process? There are two pieces of technology. You just named one of them. Yeah, the laser guidance system. The first one was like the hyper-electronic drive. No, but good guess. You did just about as well of making something up as they did. Uh, <laughs> cellular regeneration sequencer. Nice. And I have one more. You've done all yours, right? Yes. What does Troy ask LeVar to explain that he saw it in the credits of a Star Trek episode. Best once. boy! <laughs> it's like, what's the best boy? What is I, the best boy, Zach? Do you know? I think I the key grip, which is one of the ones the I right wondered about. Answer. I think the best boy might be like the director's like, I can ask you to do anything and you can get it done real fast. Oh, like the like... Wink. Yeah. yeah. People can't see that motion and I don't want to explain it. <laughs> but you probably know. You can guess. Use your they imagination. The best they way has it. to do it. Do we have any emails? Do we have uh, we any do. mail to E? I don't know about that, but we do have some electronic correspondence. Okay. Um, our first one is from Brian Thurman, one of our $10 and up patrons. Hey yes. there, Brian. The subject line says, it's been a while. It has been a while. Been a while. <laughs> nice. I love Pearl Jam. Um, haven't had time to write into you guys, but had to say something in honor of Troy's departure. It is both funny and heartbreaking and a fantastic send-off to Troy. My favorite funny moment is when Troy and Arped and Abed and Arped uh, when Troy and Abed are in the bubble and Troy says, I had a dream like this, but it was sexual. It was sexual. Yeah, that was funny. And Britta and Jeff knock knock run. That was also funny. Mm -hmm. Trivia! What is the reference for the song playing as Troy leaves? Do you know this, Steven? Because I know. The reference. When Troy leaves in the very end, there's a song playing. Yeah, Come Sail Away by Sticks. Do you know why that song's playing? Um, I don't know if they make a Sticks joke, but I love that song. I love how they it's used in this episode. Do. I love it's one of the first episodes it's... of the show. It's the one where Abed made the movies and everyone thought it predicted the future. And in one of them, you know, it's like Shirley gets yeah. chased by a werewolf or something, and Shirley gets, like, scared. Yeah. Uh, one of them was, showed the fake Troy crying, and Troy says, why am I crying? Did I accidentally listen to Come Sail Come Away by, by Sticks again? Nice. That's so great. So they played it, and Amy Mann recorded a version of the song specific for this episode. That's awesome. Really great. Um, who is Chang's celebrity crush? Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. <laughs> Remember that time we were talking to Joel McHale and he said Nathan Fillion and I made a Nathan for you joke? Oh, he didn't get it. Or but I don't think you I don't think I got it either. No, nobody did. So it I just think seemed it, like I didn't know who Nathan flat. Fillion was. But there was other funny rookie stuff going on at the time, so I think it it, it, yeah. it didn't matter. It was fine. Um <laughs> what What if he had been like, What did you just say? <laughs> he said you're gonna fing interview me, Joel McHale, and not know who Nathan Fillion is? <laughs> I'm leaving. Please delete your audio file. Oh, now I remember that exact moment. He mentioned Nathan Fillion, and you said, oh, I love Nathan for you. And for <laughs> yeah. about 25 minutes, there were cricket sounds. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's why we didn't get the full hour. That happened, and Joel was like, I gotta get out of here. Did he ever send you his audio? <laughs> no, but I didn't ask him personally. to. We. This is not what we're doing right now. Brian, did she finish? No. What are all the gifts each study group member gets? That's not this episode. I know. I think she said on the Twitter that that wasn't from this. Do we still say it? Do we still answer? No, we answered it last time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you get for not writing in a while. We answered that Those one are just last off the time. top of my head as I can't emotionally oh. watch the episode again without crying. That's fair. We give you that one. You have you have an excuse to not watch sure. or to not have the question from this episode be from this episode. Um hope you're having a great week from Brian Thurman at the Schmoopy on Twitter. Thanks. Iconic at the Schmoopy on Twitter. Iconic. Um, our next one is from our daddy, daddy daycare. Uh, is it, it daddy Matt? Daddy Kevin? Is it? Undoubtedly daddy Matt. Okay. Um, hi guys. What's Papa Thanks got? for letting go of my compounded errors in the previous trivia. It was Pierce. It was 15. Super mature of you to let it go so quickly. You're really growing up. Thanks for editing out. Is that the genuine or was it really season. super mature of you to uh, <laughs> let it go so fast? Did we talk about it for a while? I don't even remember. I don't know. I didn't think we harped on it too bad. I remember no. it though. I do, however, feel like sometimes maybe we say things that strike a chord with Papa. Mm. And I think it's important to note that I don't remember anything I've said within minutes of having said it. So. Yeah. If I lay in really hard on something, it's because I think it's funny and it doesn't mean anything. Zach and I are just a can, like continuously looping that scene in SpongeBob where Patrick doesn't remember that he ate his chocolate bar. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> Geothermal is many people's favorite episode they can't watch. And I get it. I think season four, along with Donald's other successes, really sealed the deal here. But the episode is nearly perfect. My MVP is Britta. She saves the day. Have a great one, guys. Communities, Matt. Trivia! What are the chair forms of travel identified by Annie? Okay. By Annie? Okay. Centipede and inchworm. The only and one I remember is Scoot Nanny. Scoot Nanny. And then the last one, she's like backwards and then a name, then but a name, I didn't yeah. know the name, like Dave or Daniel or something, but I didn't get the reference, so I don't quite remember. Yeah, I don't know the name. Um, next question. How many Scoot locker Nanny. boys did Chang have? Did he have like six? Really? I didn't count. I didn't count them. I, I, I they were six. like on both sides, so I'm gonna guess. I can six. sign off on six. Um, how many or no, how are the fallen recorded on Shirley's Island <laughs> by whether they secular were secular and religious? Christian. Yeah, that's funny. funny. Um, what is on top of Shirley's scepter? I don't know. Actually, was it like a stuffed animal or something? Sure, I can sign. Off I don't on know six. what one. Um, answers. The Centipede, Inchworm, Scoot Nanny, and the Reverse Danny Thomas. I was close. I got a D you name. You did. You said Daniel. Did I? You just aren't close enough to call him Danny. With yeah. two N's. I don't know him like that. Um, two. There were five... Or, sorry, question number two. There were five locker boys, apparently. Two get taken on chairs by Hickey. Three are behind Chang when he screams out Nathan Fillion. Uh, question okay. number three. 
on a corkboard separated between the secular and the Christians. Mm-hmm. Britta's transfer queen photo was used for her. Um, Thank you for saying the full word transfer. Appreciated. No problem. Um, four, a stuffed teddy bear's head. It's close. You said a stuffed animal. Yeah. That's really close. It's really That's close. That's technically right. Yeah. Yeah. You showed him. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the last of it? Is that it? That's the last of it. Thanks for sending in emails. Next week is... Dang, I had... It's like Network of Cork Based Solutions or something. (laughs) Is that what the Bear Down episode is called? Yeah, because the Bear Down is the B plot. How dare. Um, Analysis of Cork Based Networking. I was pretty close. Yeah. That's next week. If you have any questions or favorite funny moments or MVP ideas for that episode, send them in to can'tdisappointpodcast at gmail.com by Thursday. Jersey. Steven, <laughs> it's time for everyone's favorite segment of this show. Um, it's one of the segments that we stole from the Scrubs podcast that I think truly makes our show stand out. Mm-hmm. And that is when every week Steven has the task that... There are 20 seconds on the clock, and he has to use that 20 seconds to explain to us, did Steven watch the episode this week? How are you feeling? There's a lot to this episode, a lot of action. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do too well. Really? I am going to get caught up in my emotions. And the really, 30 that, seconds of crying doesn't fit. Just be crying. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Okay, what do you well, think let's, that I'll, like, let's do it. get, like, some pity points if I just, like, actually, like, viscerally sob for the next 20 seconds? No. <laughs> okay. Hey, worth an ask. You don't know if you don't, if you don't ask. Are you ready? I think so. All right. Three, two, one go troy's leaving to sail the world so they're gonna have a game of the floor is lava and the winner gets a fifty thousand dollar comic book so everyone's super excited super gets into it and playing they do a whole mad max thing hickey's driving around and taking people out uh troy and abed meet reach emotional maturity at the end they bring back to life and abed accepts letting him go and everyone has to like, well, they clothe themselves to do it britta and troy win the thing though it's not really talked about who, Stop. who i liked a lot of what you said I didn't like that you well, – you, bring him back to life is correct. I would have liked something more about the clones. Mm, I did say yeah, they were all clones. Did you say they were all clones? Yeah. Well, they weren't all. It was just the two of them. No, not true. When Not true? Not true. When Troy walks out at the end of the yeah. episode, he's like, yeah. oh, you guys are all clones? And they said, yeah. Because that's how they can emotionally say goodbye to him. Okay. And I would have liked a little bit more of the ending. Okay, I get it. Um, I don't feel great about it, but I don't feel particularly bad about it either. I think you did okay, but you didn't wow me. Um, so I think I'm going to give it a B minus. I'll take that. I think that's a fair. Borderline C plus, but I do think you got a couple details that kept it in the B range. Thanks. And before we dive into the episode, let's talk about our favorite funny moments from let's this episode. Let's do it. I've, I wrote down a, a good amount. I wrote down a few. I think, like a lot of the really uh, in-depth homage episodes of Community, they're more like things that make you take notice rather than laugh out loud. And I do Mm -hmm. feel that way about this episode a little bit. Uh, But let's go one at a time. I wrote down a couple. I have my first one, uh, when the Dean's like, 15 or 50,000. Never mind. It doesn't matter. (laughs) I wrote that. (laughs) Oh, who am I kidding? (laughs) (laughs) 
that's my first one too. Um, I thought the whole like Chang having the locker boys bit was really funny too. I like they're just locker, 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 of- locker, <laughs> locker boys. Yeah, locker boys. Funny. I've got. Really, the whole little John Oliver cameo was pretty funny, but especially when he's like, it's either you or me, and I'm me. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, I liked when Britta was, like, trying to scoot away from Hickey, and she, like, wasn't, like, that was really <laughs> funny. That was funny. Uh, a lot of really creative stuff in this episode yeah. that's totally separate from anything they've done before. Um, Starburns. $50,000. That's 50,000 lottery tickets. <laughs> that was that good. Was funny. Um, I really liked when Hickey and Britta fist bumped and he was like, he's like punched her hand yeah, three times. Yeah, pop, pop, pop. That was funny. <laughs> uh, the whole Jeff and Britta jousting thing, but especially how it concludes with them getting stuck to each other yeah. with the, the toilet plungers and Jeff falling back, it made me laugh. Uh, my last one I wrote down was I really liked uh, when Garrett was like, Bef- and now is the now now time. That was really funny too. And he was like, I didn't telling this, setting the scene. That that was stupid and funny. I didn't write it down, but I really liked a Garrett moment when uh, the attack on Shirley Island is coming and everything's like running away. And that's when Magnitude's like, I'm actually British. Yeah. And someone else <laughs> like something else, and Garrett says something like, This is my only pair of pants. I can't get them <laughs> I can't dirty. Get them dirty. That was really funny. <laughs> that down the last thing i wrote down was troy's i had a dream like this once but it was sexual, it was sexual. yeah that was funny and let's get into this let's what do it do you think about the episode what do you think i about really really liked it i love the uh, mad max-esque homage i think that it's a real it's a believable way for them to get everybody to do a paintball-esque like the whole school's playing this game type thing I think it's believable that Abeg would have a comic. It would have been more believable if it was like a special edition DVD. But he had like a comic or something worth $50,000. Sure, I'll buy that. I think that I like that Abed's like, we're going to play this game and then we'll never lose so that you don't have to leave because when the game, you can't leave till the game is over, you know. I love Britta this episode. I really like Troy and Abed. I think that the emotional weight of it, I know you don't necessarily feel exactly the same way i do about this episode but uh um, we'll get to it yeah nope that was it that's all you get this week zach okay uh but i'm I, fine with that i was right. crying at the end Go of this ahead. episode like i i think it's mm-hmm. really good i really was invested and it's not just because my favorite characters leaving the show i really like how they handle abed and troy you know leaving one another that as much as it seems like oh well abed just having a hard time with it troy is too and it's a hard thing to leave your best friend and to worry about how they're going to be. And, you know, it's I, I like it. I think it's great. I do really like this episode and I admire a lot of things about it. But I think, I don't know, I definitely like cooperative polygraphy quite a bit better than this episode. I think if anything negative not really negative but if anything this episode has against it i think it bites off a little bit more than it can chew i think it has a lot of good ideas but it doesn't have enough time for me to one Mm -hmm. get that big emotional reaction out of me and two feel like it justifies the whole series leading up to this moment where one of them leaves Mm -hmm. uh i don't know i i don't think they could have done it in a perfect way 
Um, I think they did fine. But it, this is for whatever reason, even when this episode first aired, I, I've always kind of had a little bit of a gap with this episode. Mm. Maybe similar to how I felt with an episode like uh, uh, Abed's Uncontrollable Christmas. I sure. really love a lot of things about the episode. I see what they're doing and how they did it well. But for whatever reason, I've got a little bit of a disconnect with it. And hopefully as we go through it today, we can kind of figure out why and if it's valid or not. Yeah, we'll see. Let's this week on let's let's dive into Zach's lack of an imagination. I'm just kidding, Zach. At the beginning we get the Bon Troyage. I've always really liked <laughs> Steven. I've always really liked the uh the whole bit with the the international device. translator. It's a really cartoony, obvious sitcom-y bit, but we only get a couple of really like cute, innocent Troy quips in this episode. Mm-hmm. So his little back and forth with the device is really fun. It's cute. Britta in this scene at the beginning, I think, I don't know, they get a really good tone set in the beginning of this episode. Yeah, Where for certainly. once, like what Britta is interjecting, not often she interjects stuff that should be important to the others, but for once what she's injecting like really has a lot of truth to it. Yeah. And everyone is kind of like, I, they get into it a little bit later in the episode, but everyone's kind of, or maybe that was the commentary, the way that Dan talked about the episode. I don't quite remember. But they get into how when someone leaves, a lot of times you feel really giddy and like adventurous and you're not really mm-hmm. taking time to take emotional stock of what's literally happening. Yeah. And Britta here says that they should and everyone kind of disagrees and deflects it. But mm-hmm. we get these great just little glimpses of each character like seeing the truth in what Britta's saying. Yeah, it's um, great. Britta's moment of saying... Uh, Troy, we've got to be able to say how much we're really, really going to miss you. Mm-hmm. I thought that was like one of the first moments in this episode that just just works really well. Yeah. I think there are a lot of really, there are a couple of really nice moments between Troy and Britta. Yeah, this episode absolutely. Two that are really sweet. It's a funny joke that there's a bit of levity and then it's uh, attention Greendale and everyone's like announcements. announcements yeah. yeah. We don't get the announcements often enough. No, I think that's why they're so excited. Jeff's look of like, oh man, I love the announcements. I really <laughs> like it. Jeff has a pretty good episode. Yeah, he does. So Abed is with the dean in his office giving these announcements. Uh, We don't get enough dean this episode, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. He'll show up more. We've always got the dean on our side. Yeah, I would have loved to have some, like, post-apocalyptic leather daddy dean action. He's like, oh, I'm not even playing the game. I just (laughs) Oh, I've been out for ages. (laughs) Lava monster, grr. <laughs> grr. Um, so Abed announces the game, announces the rules, and at the end, oh, well, okay, I think it's really cute how the Dean understands why Abed wants to do something like this for his friend leaving, and why the Dean also can acknowledge how important Troy and Abed has been to Greendale. I think that's cute. Yeah. Uh, but honestly... I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, but something about the lava world, everything doesn't quite click with me. And I like a lot of things about it. Uh, the way they perform it well, and the, all the ways that they use furniture to keep it going, mm-hmm. and the way they move while on furniture is all really cool. But I almost feel like I don't know what community is trying to homage here. It's Mad Max. Kind of, though. I not feel like it's not just kind of. It's super duper Mad Max. I feel like in moments, the Locker Boys, the Hickey I driving around, 
Have you seen Mad Max, even like the most recent one, Fury Road, which was really fucking good? I have not, but I just watch Fury Road and you'll get it. Them. Okay, I wanted to see Fury Road because I think it got nominated yeah. for Oscars and stuff. It did. I don't it know what it is. I don't know what I, it is. But here's what I want you to do, Zach. I'm going to give you sure. some homework this week. I already to watch it, go ahead. Mad Max Fury Road. Then when you okay. love it, go back and watch the other Mad Max movies. Okay. Then watch this episode again. And I have to do that all this week. Yes. You have I 72 hours. That. I can absolutely not promise that. <laughs> uh, but, but watch should, Fury Road. I should. I should. It's worth watching. It's really. Fu- it's. I think it's really good. Uh, they do a great job with like the effects and the costumes and stuff. But this episode is very like Mad Max heavy, which I really like. It's not different enough from the other post-apocalyptic, like the first paintball episode. It's not different enough from that to. Fe- I don't know. It you don't kind think of this feels is different from the first paintball. I'm not saying it's not different. I don't think the conceit is different enough to not feel like a little bit of a retread. I think it definitely does feel like all the paintballs, but all the paintballs feel like all the paintballs. I know, and I kind of only love the first one. That's fair. And the one in season six I really like. Mm. I don't know. I know that I'm probably wrong, but and, that's and the way I I've don't, taken this episode. You haven't said anything since we started recording that made me say like you're wrong about how you feel yet but i'm still kind of trying to figure out why and a lot of it probably Mm -hmm. has to do with how big of a deal this episode is in the grand scheme of the show sure and how perfectly they set it up in the episode before i think it has so much writing on it and it's community so they're not willing to just do like the culmination of all that they also have to make it about hot lava and mad yeah. max and stuff just because that's the type of show community is and i think i've just always been a little bit disappointed that the i don't know i i don't know i think i've just always been a little bit disappointed in it because of the unattainable idea in my head of how it should be mm-hmm. it's not really the show's fault but that really affects my view of this episode for whatever reason yeah that being said, when I was a kid, I did really enjoy playing hot lava type games. I really enjoyed the uh, keep off the floor. I also really enjoyed whenever you'd play like with a balloon with a group of people and you had to keep the balloon off the floor and like dive yeah. around to keep the balloon off the floor. I always thought stuff like that was fun. So it is a little bit exciting to see this childhood thing, this childhood idea. Uh, you know, this is kind of how it looks in your head when you play it, mm-hmm. but to see it actually lived out on a full scale is pretty cool. And I do like the way that the episode has absolutely no time to waste. So as soon as Abed announces the thing, we get the quickest burst of a theme sequence. Yeah. And everyone kind of scatters for like two seconds. And then right away, we're in the post-apocalypse immediately. And I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I really like the way they, they like have the the like lights flickering but with each one it's a different like scene of chaos just like mm-hmm. i i will never not love how quickly greendale is willing to completely turn itself on its head for the promise of to, a prize they're very similar to springfield in the yeah. simpsons and i've said that before to where just they will angry mob at any time mm-hmm. against anything that even like they could be for an issue one week and against it the next week and yeah I don't know. I really love it. For this type of show, it makes it really funny that by this episode, there's no like, well, why are they all like this? You just get it. You yeah. just know that you understand that that's right what's going to whatever happen. it is. 
in the beginning, the first thing we see... Okay, so I love how this episode makes use of lighting yeah. and color. Uh, because as soon as we get the theme song little blip, when we come back, everything's very red. Mm-hmm. Um, they said that they talked a lot on on the commentary. They talked a lot about... They weren't really sure how to visually simulate the idea of lava being on the floor. And it's yeah. a hard thing to do. I don't think they did it perfectly, but I don't think there is a way to do it perfectly. I agree. The idea is to have all of this red light shining to kind of get the idea of it. And it works. And honestly, the, the threat of there being lava on the floor doesn't really matter. It's more, I'm totally game for they have to stay on top of the furniture or they Yeah. Home. I don't need to constantly be reminded that there's lava. It's on lava. The floor. Yeah. And the way that they do it does work. I think the lighting's awesome. Mm-hmm. I love getting to see John Oliver. John Oliver and Gillian Jacobs get a nice little scene. It's all we get of Duncan in this episode, and that's too bad. Mm-hmm. But I like his what he's like. I'm not above pushing a girl. <laughs> it's on actually the floor. a big part of my strategy. <laughs> yeah, John Oliver's really funny. In another world where John Oliver stayed with the show from the very beginning and kind of became a main tertiary character like Chang and the Dean, mm-hmm. I think the show would have been better for that. I think so too. Just as Duncan is chasing Britta, uh, Annie and Jeff show up as kind of these post-apocalyptic heroes in this world. And it is funny that Jeff, of all people, is instantly very into this idea. Oh, yeah. Is completely talking the talk of, what does he say? Well, first, John Oliver gets that great. This is why the British never wear, uh, never win <laughs> any sports, because everybody else cheats. Yeah, but Jeff comes in, he's talking about chairs as gold, four-legged <laughs> diamonds. <laughs> They're ready to get into a lava <laughs> joust, and they hit the battle position. And Britta is kind of what Jeff was in the first paintball yeah. episode, where she's like, the what's going on? Did you all <laughs> hit your heads on each other's heads? <laughs> and they convince Britta that just by walking around and jumping sofa to sofa, like she's doing, mm-hmm. she's going to be out before they know it. So they want her to join their little alliance that they've started. Yeah. And I love Britta's line. I love the line. Okay, fine. But I'm not learning the new names for anything. (laughs) I think that's hilarious. Yeah, That's a great line. And then we get our first uh, visual of the ways that they're going to use chairs to move across areas in this. And that's one of the episode's finest touches. I think it's really nice. They have like, this one, is this inchworming? This is the centipede. Centipede. Inchworming is when they just scoot in one chair. Yeah. The centipede, they've got, do they have four chairs, three people, or three chairs, three people? I think they've got four chairs. And they, whoever's in the front and back moves one chair to continue their, 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 it's like a assembly line kind of thing. And it's really effective. They said that this episode, a lot of the background performers are like stunt performers. Some of them might've been like Cirque du Soleil type people, Mm -hmm. like a lot of stunt performers. And I think actually they said, Joe Russo said some of them were members of the Captain America 2 crew at the time. Oh, that's cool. Um, And that they came up with a lot of the ideas for how you could use chairs to move freely. That's awesome. And that helped inform the writing of the episode. That's really cool. They came to them with like the inchworming type thing. And I think that is really cool. That's super cool. I like that. Also, I like the bit that uh, Greendale's on 911's blocked collar list. That is a really (laughs) funny joke. I have this image of the Dean calling them all the time just to talk. Yeah. And that's why they couldn't take calls anymore. Or the like really negative way to look at it is that the school has had so many emergencies <laughs> run in with death and like the yeah. law that they just have to claim it like no a more. no man's land. <laughs> Britta is a really good 
main-ish character for this episode mm-hmm. because her concern for Abed's emotional well-being helps us remember or notice what all of this really means before yeah. Abed can start talking about it. Because that doesn't happen until the end. And I think Britta being here to bring it up every so often really helps it not feel as rushed at the end when, when we get the big I reveal. totally agree. This episode's kind of split. The first half is a lot more jokes and funnier. And then the second half is a little more, okay, let's put the emotion into it. And I think Britta is the thing that ties those two together in a really good way. Yeah. So we're still in the funny section of the episode. We're about to meet the Locker Boys. For whatever reason, the Locker Boys kind of remind me of the Lost Boys. Oh, 100%. In, in Hook. In Hook. Rufio. You don't talk, Rufio. I think Chang is very much like Rufio yeah. in this episode. So they're trying to, to centipede their locker, way locker, down locker, a locker hall. And you're Locker Boys and a bunch <laughs> of dudes with like Mad Max. You're right. The like post-apocalyptic like neon hair colors and stuff like that. <laughs> they all like hide in these lockers. They almost yeah. kind of remind me of like Tusken Raiders a little yeah, bit Yeah, totally. That they're just like waving their stuff around like, ah, here to cause some trouble. They're like less than human. <laughs> they... <laughs> And Chang is like their leader and and tells them what to do and helps gather food for them. And they have to work to earn their food, which we learn is mainly (laughs) M&M's. Chang's hair looks so funny. It's great. I really like his big lock prop that he has. (laughs) What's the combination? Lock, 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 lock. (laughs) Lock, 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 lock. You know, it's funny because we're only a few episodes away from the Meow Meow Beans episode. Yeah. And that episode is one of the few – I forget. Back in the days where Dom and Andre existed, mm-hmm. on, Dom had like an issue with one of the homage episodes because it wasn't realistic. Like it yeah. didn't seem like it could actually happen. And I always kind of felt that way about the Meow Meow Beans episode. But mm-hmm. watching this one reminds me that they were only like a few degrees away from it. Already, yeah. Just a Truly. couple episodes before. And I never really thought of this one like that. Chang is using his uh, his positioning here. What he wants out of everyone is chairs, food, and their same-sex celebrity crushes. Everyone which is a really has one. weird, funny little detail. Yeah. Everyone does have one. I'm still trying to think of mine. I'll give another one of mine while you're doing that. Sure. I think that uh, Matt Damon is really handsome. Yeah, so far. Especially young Matt Matt Damon. I don't think Matt Damon's really my type. I like... I don't like super, like, muscular action star. I like more, like... Would you call Matt Damon super muscular action star? When he needs to be for certain movies, Yes, but did I say that I want the Jason Bourne Matt Damon? I mean, I do. But I'm talking about Will Hunting. I didn't know what era. Jason Bourne. Then sure, maybe that. You like like someone more of like a Columbine kind of look. (laughs) I still don't have one. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Zach. Huh? Believe in yourself. Who's who's a who's a celebrity mm-hmm. that when you see him you're like he's cute. Shrug. One of those Timothy Chalamet. No, stands? not really. Is it because you saw him f- a peach or did Army Hammer f- the peach? No, he just looks weird. Is what it is. He mm-hmm. just kind of looks weird to me. I get what people find sure. attractive about him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I want to come up with it. I'm not putting it on nobody's coming to my head right now wow 
Maybe Zach Larry said, the cable guy. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Zach. Mine's Larry the cable guy. Let's go with that. Wow, Zach. He can get it done any day. <laughs> I guess. Lock, 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 lock. <laughs> Zach's same-sex celebrity crushes is Larry the cable guy. <laughs> the the locker boys collectively. <laughs> uh, I, it's. One of the most iconic Troy and Abed images of the entire show, they each have two chairs apiece that they're, like, <laughs> climbing with, and then they set them up, stand up on them, and reach, like, their battle positions. I think it just looks so badass. It's yeah, one of the best it's freaking Troy awesome. and Abed moments of the whole show. They show up to help Troy, or they show up to help Britta and Jeff and Annie against the Locker Boys, <laughs> and and it looks like Troy and Abed really have a system here. We get to see how well they work as a team. <laughs> I like the by the vapors of Magmarath. Just like you have gods. <laughs> <laughs> Troy and Abed intimidation stance, and Abed like really struggles with the room that he's trying to curl. <laughs> Oh my god, let's talk about this. So before anything can really even go down, Hickey comes on the scene. He's built a motorized vehicle out of like fans and tables and it looks like the thing he uses to like build up the steam is like a like a a, a fire hydrant or a fire extinguisher. It's fantastic. And with the goggles that he's got on stuff, <laughs> I know it's going for Mad Max in this yeah. especially, but for whatever reason, he gives me Dr. Robotnik vibes. That's great. Absolutely. That's what I think every time for whatever reason. You know what's really funny, Zach? And this is a little plug for Brokeback Bebop. Sure. Uh, this looks like it could have been in the f***ing live action Cowboy Bebop. Oh my God. <laughs> the way he like, the whole way like he came around the corner, like that's how that show is shot. <laughs> I can't thing. wait. I'm honestly really excited to get to that. Me just too. to hate it, probably. It's going to be great. He takes a megaphone and says, I'm criminology professor Buzz Hickey, <laughs> And this, this is just a little something I threw together. It's I think fantastic. that's really funny. I've, ooh, I don't know if we find out until a little bit later, but I like when no. we learn his uh, Reason. reasoning for being yeah. so into this. <laughs> this is so funny. Everyone has their, their like method of movement because they're deep in this post-apocalyptic yeah. world. Britta does not. So while they're all trying to run away from Hickey, she's just like trying to hop using one chair. And she tries to hop from one chair to another to get out of the way of Hickey. And she does. She almost falls. And she's taken in by Troy and Abed, who helped save the day from her to help her. Not That's be trampled. Incredible. Hickey's thing, like the front of it, uh, uh, like two, <laughs> what is it? Two like locker it's like a doors fan and two, come like, out of it. Doors, yeah. Like to the side to work as like a battering ram. This is That's nuts. So great. Chang, as he uh, is 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 trampled by this thing, <laughs> uh, lets out the, loudly that his same sex crush is Nathan Fillion, and I'm having trouble with mine because I'm not really attracted to like really beefy guys. You don't. It doesn't have to be a beefy guy. But I can't think of any that I really like that aren't. <laughs> I'm a, I, I, and I'll put this out there into the ether. I'm a twink man myself. Yeah. You like the skinny fellows. What about like Bo Burnham's? He ring your bell. You know, I was kind of thinking Bo Burnham, and sure, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But with, maybe with guys, it's a little less physical for you. You, you have to get you have to fall in love with their personality. So it'd be hard for you to pick a celebrity. Well, no, it's just hard for me to know if I have a crush on them. I haven't seen any of their penises. Yeah. How can you know? I guess that's kind of important when you like a guy. (laughs) I don't know. Who's my celebrity crush? Write it in. Let me know. (laughs) Who who seems like a good fit for me? Send them my way. 
So they, as they're trying to get away from all of this trouble, uh, we hear the first uh, little reference to Shirley Island, which is like the safe place, a, a yeah. safe haven, <laughs> and a place we'll get to a little bit later. Britta, again, <laughs> trying to butt her little head in and make this emotional. But Abed's in his character. He's not quite in like uh, Mad Men Han Solo mode. Yeah. But he's not even able to process what Britta's saying. But he no. comes up with a really smart move for how they can get out of this situation together. <laughs> yeah. uh, which leaves Britta for dead. <laughs> he sets it up really well. He's like, I can get this in three moves. Britta, jump to that table. Troy, jump over here. What's the third <laughs> step? We survive. Good luck, Britta. <laughs> so funny. And it's to get her away so he doesn't have to face the things that she's bringing up. Well, and I kind of, and we see a little more later how Troy is perceiving all this. But I, I love that Abed's like, all right, we got to leave Britta. We got to go. And Troy's like, uh, okay, I guess. Okay, here we go. He says, I'll <laughs> always remember you for getting in the way. And <laughs> kind of uh, slowing us down a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Why exactly does Hickey not just kill Britta because he's like they abandon you Jesus I like the little team up that they have throughout the rest of this episode this They're is when a we learn unit Hickey's son is getting gay married and he really needs that fifty thousand dollars because the flowers alone well and here's what I'll say they would never have pe- paired up Britta and Pierce in an episode like this and I it would have been like that... everyone ditches Pierce yeah and I kind of like that Hickey plays the um antagonist this episode to the study group at least like his but a different kind of antagonist because he's just watching out for himself he's not really working against anybody but you know he's like the scary guy you know that they're all running from and fighting but he's not doing it like pierce did to get back at them for not including him right because that was always pierce's motivation in the paintball yeah hickey doesn't care if he's included or not no he just wants to pay for his son's gay wedding I like the way that Britta tries to relate for him is like, well, yes, I did live in New York. (laughs) And is that because of the price of flowers or because of the gay weddings? I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) But whatever it is, it works. She gets it. She tries to fist bump Hickey and Hickey's like, I don't know what you want from me. And it's three times. And it's such a like old man punch. And then she like holds her hand out like, what was that? And so he slaps it. (laughs) I'm sure that was just a bit that they came up with on their I'm own. I'm sure. It's very, very funny. So Troy and Abed arrive on Shirley Island, this safe haven that's a, a shielded area that's guarded by people adorned in, in cafeteria tray armor. And, and, and Neil is like, welcome to Shirley Island. I like how shiny they make it. Yeah. I love this thing that there's like yeah. a zip line thing that they – like a ski lift sort of that just like – hovers them over to where yeah. the entrance is it's, it's really incredible. cool and how exactly does walking around and sitting around in shirley island work does that not count as floor because it's, it's not been the floor built? yeah it's all lifted it's all furniture of course we get garrett giving that like the na- before in the now now times that's always <laughs> really funny it reminds me a lot and of course dan Harmon went on there's that mad max episode of rick and morty rick and morty and i feel yeah. like he reuses some of the motifs i think so I just banged my microphone a couple times, so sorry for that opposite of ASMR for all of you out there. <laughs> See, I make sure to only hit it when I'm not talking. And then so you're just, you, you just let it have it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Magnitude playing the drums. Yeah, the way that they build up Shirley Island and the props in the background and the people that inhabit it is a another nice little bit. And 
it's a pretty good thing for Shirley to have in this episode. Yeah, I like it. Shirley I like Shirley well. in this episode. As always, she doesn't get as much, but she plays it really well, and it's a clever thing that is specifically Shirley's that I really like. Uh, she's been keeping track of the fallen, and and she separates them by who's Christian and who's secular. That's <laughs> very, very funny. And this is the first reference of the orb, the secret, sacred item that, that makes its home on Shirley Island, which we'll see <laughs> a little bit later. And... Like, the one of the funnier, but also, like, stupider kind of things about this episode. Yeah, I like that there's, like, already, like, like Britta was saying, you guys have gods, and there's all this lore that's already mm-hmm. been created in, like, the 20 minutes that the game's been going on. Yeah, I love the whole angle that Shirley has built this place of peace, but she's using it to, like, trade items and to make profit <laughs> and to, to not have to play the game, but to be winning anyway. Yeah. Which Abed clocks right away in this little speech that he gives <laughs> I really like, this is the first time that Troy kind of breaks the facade, just a a small bit, pulls the curtain back to tell Abed, look, this is my last day here, and I don't exactly want to spend it with everybody hating me. Yeah. And that's one of the first times when Abed, like what Troy says, gets through to him, and he remembers, he re-remembers last day, which kind of shows us what we're building towards. Much like Shirley Island, we're building towards a crumbling. Totally, a crumbling. What have you brought to my door? I love that. <laughs> There's a lot of fighting going on out. Who are these people that are fighting? Just random students? They're the chairwalkers. I Neil chair got walkers. taken down, but Easy. now it's all chairwalkers coming in there. And they're with Hickey now. Hickey has chairwalkers? Well, yeah, you join whoever's powerful. Mm. <laughs> I did not skip my son's birthday for second place. I missed that before. That's funny. Britta's finally in her uh, post-apocalyptic garb. Her hair and her leather outfit looks it looks great. Very funny. Well, I like it because I think... She's like the secondhand woman of the chair walk. Yeah, I like Britta's costume. I like Troy's like kind of ripped up hoodie. I like Abed and his like stuff. I think my Jeff favorite look of everything is Hickey's goggles. Hickey's goggles are, are, are game-changing. Annie's is the only study group outfit that I'm kind of like, eh, on. Because it's just like an untucked shirt. Britta is finally in a position of power, so she's able to, I have something to say about mental health on the, <laughs> on the thing. Nobody cares. Troy and Abed have to give up that they left her for dead. They said she was dead, but she's not, so they have to answer for that. Sounds bad when you put it that way. <laughs> Britta's whole, like, spiel about why they're they're actually inside a crib, scared to say goodbye, sucking their thumbs was great. The adults are here, and we're going to tear down your fort. okay so now that we're this deep into the episode like i'm enjoying it obviously and i'm referencing what i like about it a lot i just think it's that it's troy's last episode and troy probably gets 10 lines the whole time i like troy a lot i think in the second half the episode he gets a little bit more but yeah you're right i wanted him to be a little more funny um i would have been okay with this episode having Troy and Abed start at odds with each other because they kind of ended the last episode a little bit more at odds with each Awkward, other. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But obviously I can't not love the the chair walkers and just the, the combat scene that they put together here is great. Obviously Joe Russo came back for a reason and his leadership shows a lot. This well, is the part I like. Here's my question for you, Zachary. Yeah. Would you rather have an episode where Troy and Abed are at odds for most of the episode than have a really nice makeup and then Troy leaves? Or would you rather let them have one last adventure together? And obviously that's probably the right answer. And I get that. And I get why they chose to do that. I just think I wanted a little bit more. I think maybe we could have had our cake and eaten it too. 
Ooh, I'm always down to eat your cake, Zach. <laughs> this is one of those bits that I really liked where as, as Shirley Island is crumbling, <laughs> people give out their, like, death wishes. My name was Vicky. Tell my story. <laughs> <laughs> I love Garrett being so concerned about his pants because none of this is real. So, of course, he's like, yeah. I don't want to get these pants dirty. Leonard, butter him up. <laughs> you got it. And he starts pumping this keg of movie theater popcorn butter which i like spraying everywhere i like that leonard's like job is only that like he was sitting by the butter waiting to be told to use the butter leonard's like what can i do uh, why don't you go sit by the butter we'll tell you when to butter him up he's like all right nice everybody all the chair walkers slip in and slide in <laughs> i like uh high-stepping acro bastards that's pretty good Women and man-children first. Jeff looks like f***ing He-Man. His arms are giant. Not your type. I like the clever, like, clothesline thing that Annie and Jeff do. I wouldn't say not my type with Joel. I think Joel with the little bit of stubble is yeah. my type of that type because he's funny, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and can make you laugh. And not, like, fake funny, like, really heartily funny. Mm-hmm. That's fair. This is all leading up to a big confrontation between Jeff and Britta, which are kind of uh, uh, holding up the two sides of good and evil, even though Britta's, like, goal is good. Yeah. She's trying to help her friends, but she's, like, with the bad guys in this. And if we're looking at it from that perspective, uh, the bad guys win in this little battle. Because Jeff loses. Jeff loses. Well, that's the thing is, is Britta on the side of the bad guys here? Troy well, and just, like, the ones in that- Betrayed the locker boys. Lock, mm. lock, 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 lock. Betrayed the locker boys? Yeah, they had like a whole thing with the bench. They weren't on speaking terms. I guess. But the locker boys I thought were bad guys too. Well, are they? They're just moving from locker to locker. There's no such thing as bad also, guys. Also, like once you're in nice. the locker, where are you going to go? Because well, you have you, to you're stay good. in You're safe. You close the locker, you're good. You win. You can't beat a locker boy. You can't beat a locker boy. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the whole knock knock i think it's funny i mean it goes on for a while but it's fine because i don't think it stops being funny necessarily i'm at a point though where i think this is indicative of what they kind of do with jeff and britta's relationship throughout the rest mm-hmm. of the show and i really like it there's not the weirdness of like them kind of stepping over troy and britta being dating anymore yeah. and now they're able to have this like kind of brother and sister fighting thing with the added bonus that they've had sex with each other Mm -hmm. and that they're still like attracted to each other but not interested in each other so everything they do kind of has a little bit of an edge to it sure uh a competitive edge a sexual edge and i think it's funny so it doesn't really matter what they're saying sexual edge starring nathan fillion what what would that show be about give me the well there's two options we could go with this either sexual edge where like he helps uh, the edge guys. from <laughs> from WWE? No, from YouTube. From YouTube? Ah! Well, both of them. That's 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 it's a reality show. <laughs> that's the show, and they're He's both the becoming older men, but they're both like sex symbols, so they're mm-hmm. trying to get laid, and yeah. that's when Nathan Fillion comes in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Or it uh-huh. could be like, like it's the edge of his blade. Like he's like a either a surgeon or a samurai, and he like fucks. He's either a surgeon <laughs> or a samurai. Somewhere Netflix is like pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, you know how I feel about edging, Steven. Yeah. No good at it. The The problem with sexual edge is both words are hot, and you can't do anything about that. You need one you word can't to, do anything about to cool it. it down. What would be the cooler? Well, edge is the hotter word, so you have to keep that one. Really? Mm-hmm. What's hotter about it? I don't know. Mystery. What's it mean? Is it like, are you taking huh. me to my sexual edge, or are you going to like... I don't know. I don't want to push this any further. The DGE combination really does it for me. J. Oh, yeah. Ja. Give me that J. <laughs> J. Ja. Well, because you have to get the before the J. Because, you know. Let's, let's do what we're talking. I do not want to waste too much time talking about this. I don't want this to be a two-hour podcast because we talked about that for 15 minutes. Okay? <laughs> okay. So Shirley Island is coming down, and they want to use the orb to save Shirley Island, but this is when we get the reveal that the orb is Shirley Island, which doesn't really <laughs> But it also is not, yeah. Yeah. It, where, it truly is not. Is it even within Shirley Island? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no explanation, is there? No. That's why he's like, uh, in a cool way or a lame oh, way? Oh, no, it is right there. It's just in a tarp. But it's not like the whole island. I like you tell Buzz Hickey that Shirley Bennett, whoa, wait, I don't want to waste your time. Just think of something cool and <laughs> give, give me, me credit. credit. And Jeff and Britta still mm-hmm. quit f***ing each other. It's great. Just do it right. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the way that they – obviously, Joe Russo does a great job. Whoever choreographed this stuff did a yeah. great job as well. To where there are moments where you forget that they're fighting with toilet plungers. And yeah, totally. Doing it now here with you to commentate, like with the sound off, it, it, you could look at this and be like, that's a comedy show? Yeah, totally. And I like that they let Britta beat Jeff. Hell yeah. Who's there, bitch? Jeff. Floor. And then Choi and Abed in a bubble uh, <laughs> run out and start just just taking everybody out. What do you think about the bubble? I, I like the bubble. when this episode came out that the bubble in the Choi and Abed in a bubble was definitely yeah. in the commercials for the episode. Totally. I think it's a little corny. It's fine. I think it fits with like the theme of okay, now the heroes have an overpowered weapon um to help them win the day. I think they needed something so they could have an actual showdown with Hickey where it was almost even playing field. Well, Dan said in the commentary that he hated the idea of the bubble. But what <laughs> they really needed, because they had made the decision at the beginning of making this episode that it was going to be like two, th- it was like three quarters paintball episode, one quarter emotional episode. Mm-hmm. And they needed to get Troy and Abed to the basement so they could finish the episode out. Yeah. So they needed to have something that could get them there quickly mm-hmm. so the bubble became what could do it. But the bubble kind of becomes a non-helper pretty fast because they have this showdown with Hickey, and it helps them get to the basement, but Hickey flattens the bubble, cuts a hole in it, so they can't really use it too long. Although they're still not touching the floor, even if they're in a deflated bubble. It's true. Hickey's badass when he shakes the knife to show what he's done. He gutted us. (laughs) Britta's scooting out of the way of the bubble. Always trying to not be ran over. Britta's Starburns cameo here in the hallway. He thinks he won because he hasn't (laughs) seen anybody. Little does he know he's about to get f***ing trampled. <laughs> they literally run straight over. over him. Yeah. This is really f***ing impressive. All when of Britta this. just spider monkeys on top of the ball and, like, doesn't fall off All immediately. All of this is such a cool action sequence. The 
fucking car that Hickey's in, running down the hallway while Troy and Abed also go through, then yes, Britta launching herself on top of it. I don't know how much of this is stunt performer. I'm sure some of it is, but yeah. it doesn't look like it ever. No, and here's what I'll, I was thinking while watching this. Imagine, like, I don't think there could be a worse episode that would be the first episode of Community for somebody to see, but it's it's great. It's so exciting. Do you think this is the worst episode to see first? <laughs> Of any You'd be episode. like, what the f*** is happening at all? Why is he sailing around the world? Why is there a garbage... Yeah. Yeah. I think there It'd are... It'd be very confusing. I think there are I think there are worst episodes you could show someone first. This is not a good episode to show someone first for the reasons you're saying. But yeah. I think you could be like, I don't get that, but a lot of that was cool. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe some season four episodes, you'd be like, this show looks like it isn't that good. Sure. But you're right. I... <laughs> This would be a weird episode to see first. <laughs> and this was still, this is not on Yahoo screen. This was not on Adult Swim no. or something. This was on NBC was on after NBC. Access Hollywood at this point. Yikes. Them going back and forth trying to get rid of Britta because they can't fit through the door. And the way that they do that, although I don't think from the upstairs that that door that they just went through looked like it was, it was to heading downstairs. No, no, it didn't, did it? But no. it does. They they end up in this basement and they're able to take stock. <laughs> Sorry about our butts touching. <laughs> That's pretty funny. I stopped apologizing for that years ago, Zach. Yeah, you don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> now we're in the final third of this episode where we're going to get towards things uh, wrapping up and becoming a little deeper. And Troy's at the point where not even in a way that he's like sick of Abed or anything, but Abed's like making the next moves and Troy's kind of like, like somebody's got to win. Yeah. And like, let's just it, let's like make our final stand here. Like we don't need to like their game and it's Abed's comic book, so it doesn't really need to be them mm-hmm. that wins. And Troy's like, we did. A, this was really fun. We got to yeah. make it. We can stop it. And this is when we get the the first mention. Abed says when Troy's like, the floor is not really lava. We've got to make this all stop. And I, I'm gonna leave. It's, we got to mm-hmm. wrap this up. And Abed says, well, to me, it's not just a game. I'm seeing real lava because Troy's leaving. It's embarrassing. He doesn't want to be crazy, but he is crazy. What do you think about all this? I think that it shows a lot of fear in Abed because this is the thing where when he realized Troy was leaving, that's probably when it started to seem like real lava was he was like last day. I'm sure for Abed, his imaginative mind and the way that his imagination creeps into his real world it probably did feel like, oh my God, like this is life or death. Like this is the end of my life as I know it. This is who I live with, who I spend all my time with, who I talk to. Like this is the only person that I feel like I can be my self around and that they're okay with that almost all the time, you know? And it's a scary thing for him. And so this game got real for him. And, and I think the part that hits me the hardest about this little sequence from Abed is his delivery when he's like, you know, I'm crazy. I don't want to be crazy, but I am. So it's just how it is. Because he probably is like, okay, Troy. He's like, Troy's leaving. Like, it's a thing. It's fine. I'll be okay. Is what he wants to feel, but he doesn't feel that way. His best friend is leaving. His world is changing forever. And that's a scary thing for him. I wish this episode would have let the characters vocalize a little bit more of their feelings to each other. Mm -hmm. I know, like, Abed is a limited emotional character. But I would have loved some type of moment between them where they're able to say, like, I love you so much and I'm going to miss you so much. Yeah. 
I would have loved something like like something like that. Whereas instead, it, it's told in glances rather than in words. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it would have been too hammy for them to say that because of how they are the beating heart of the show at times. And how yeah. Troy has been the beating heart of the study group for a long time. And mm-hmm. now there's not really a study group anymore. So I guess it's as good of time as any for people like Troy to stop to start leaving the show. Yeah. But I would have liked just a little bit, like a little bit more of like, I would have loved an I love you for the two of them. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to hear that. He does tell Britta he loves her. You're the best, and I love you. That is great. There's mm-hmm. some great Troy and Britta moments in this episode. Yeah. And once Abed explains what he's going through, Troy can see it too. Yeah. And Troy is scared too, but he also is excited and ready to go. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like my take of it is that maybe Abed... I don't know. They make it seem like he really does, but I almost feel... Like, maybe Abed doesn't really see Lava, and he's just scrambling to keep it going to keep Troy from leaving. Because then this moment here where Troy's like, so the only thing I can do to help you is to not go be one person, which is kind of a shitty thing that Abed is kind Mm -hmm. of, like, pushing for. Uh, I feel like I would have liked a little bit more of that conflict. That's a deeply interesting conflict that Abed I wish is... that they had continued the conversation from that or that Troy had said that earlier in that scene yeah. so that they could have continued that... it. Because I think that's a great line from Troy and it shows yeah. that he's like cares about his friend and doesn't want him to be upset, but like he's got to do something he has to do. hindering Troy here mm-hmm. and unfairly so. And I would have liked a little bit of a... Th- the bumping of heads there, I get why they didn't want to do it because mm-hmm. it's Troy and Abed. But I think we'd never get enough of Abed being like, what I did was wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah. He doesn't have to change who he is, but he should be a little bit more aware when he's causing harm. Totally. And I don't think they ever really do that. Hickey and Britta coming down the stairs on a bookcase is really funny. Another thing where I'm sure they didn't actually have Jonathan Banks doing that, uh, mm-hmm. but you can't really tell. No. Sorry for uh, the listening audience. I don't know if Steven can hear it, but someone's just weed whacking on nice. right outside my window. It. I'm sure it'll show up in the edit. Whatever. We're close to done. You can live with it for the next 20 minutes. It's fine. So with all of this shaking up the things with Britta and Hickey ending up downstairs, Abed loses his grip or loses his footing on the on the kind of shelving unit that he was using and is hanging uh, a classic, like, hang, hanging off the cliff. A classic Stephen hanging, mm-hmm. looking down at the abyss below him. Exactly. In his childhood. Hickey falls and is out. Unbelievable. <laughs> when Hickey's like, I'm going to push you. This is done. Nice upper body strength from Abed to be able to hold himself up with one hand, grab the comic book, and hand it to Troy. They do a good job of all of a sudden making this moment really important. Mm-hmm. And it is a little hokey to me that, Abed, Abed, don't fall, Abed, oh my God. I like what it leads to with the clone stuff, how that becomes yeah. a way for Abed to get over it. But uh, uh, I don't know. This becomes symbolic of Abed needs to let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think the, uh, he says, I don't think the lava is here because you're leaving. I think it's here because I won't let go mm-hmm. and I need to be able to let go. So he does, he lets go. The visuals are a little cheesy and outdated. They didn't quite nail the visual of Abed with with lava underneath him. But he lets go, and he closes his eyes and lets himself fall into the lava. And then we get a really nice shot of him, like, falling down on the floor. Yeah, Lily made the joke both times during this. Like, wouldn't they be like, ow? Wouldn't they be like, 
they fell at least a couple feet. And the when Troy falls, that one looks like it would hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah, he like death does. drops backwards. Yeah, he falls backwards. <laughs> that would have been funny. Troy doesn't get to go on his trip because he dies breaking his neck. <laughs> And this is where I start actually really liking how this leads. Mm-hmm. Abed's fake dead. Abed's like in a state. Right? <laughs> está muerto para siempre. ¿Qué? What? <laughs> and he's going to stay that way forever. And I think what happens here is important in a lot of ways. Britta starts using things to her advantage to make this situation work. Mm-hmm. And not in a way of psychiatry. I like where in a second she's like, well, in the real world, I don't know how to fix him, but I think I might be able to fix him yeah. in the fake world. And I like that it shows a lot of things. It shows that people other than Troy can play ball with Abed mm-hmm. to make up a situation that helps him through. Um, and it also shows that Britta would be a great psychiatrist or therapist, maybe especially of children. Yeah, Because she's totally. able to get down to the thought process level of who she's talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, and she doesn't get enough credit making up this whole cloning scenario so she can play ball with abed to get abed to be okay yeah i really like how all of this works i do too and i also like that they try really hard for it to happen they make up all the thing they're like i got the dna <laughs> these are the pieces that we're using boop 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 and then the first thing after abed does come back is he's like britta it was a little sloppy <laughs> your idea was a little sloppy but i'm back i'm a clone it was great this sequence might be one of my favorite moments in the whole episode i think it's great It's one of the best Abed moments, like really what's going on in Abed's head since season Mm -hmm. three. It's been a while since we've gotten like this thoughtful of what it's really like to be Abed. It's also funny when Abed stands back up. So he's like, Britta's work is sloppy and I'm not exactly (laughs) Abed. I don't have all of his wild emotionality. (laughs) And he thinks he can finally let Troy go now. And since Abed's in a place where he can let Troy go, Troy's in a place where he can really explain to Abed how he's feeling, that of course he's nervous to go. And part of him, like whenever you're doing something like this, you put really eloquently, I think, last week about leaving your hometown and Mm -hmm. how it's like exciting and scary. And and maybe parts of you are like, no, I should just stay. I shouldn't do it. I'm comfortable here. But that's because it's the easy choice, not the right choice. Clearly for you, moving to Chicago to dance was the right choice. Mm -hmm. And clearly for Troy and for Donald, leaving community to make a name for yourself as your own person was the right thing to do. But that doesn't mean that it's not scary. And that doesn't mean that it's an easy decision to make. It's an exceptionally hard decision to make. And I think uh, this little moment voices that really well. And he's able to become a clone too. And even though he kind of his brain isn't wired the same way as Abed, it is a act of comfort for him to be able to do the same make believe with Abed like that one more time. I love the smile on Troy's face when he's like, "You can be a clone too." He just like yeah. smiles, like, "Oh yeah, you're right." Really cute moment. And even though, sure, it's like he hurt the shit out of himself here. What a badass shot of Donald Glover here. I know that's when he, great. Like, crosses his arms, looks over to Abed, smiles, and falls back into the lava. Falls into whatever coming next for Troy, whatever's coming next for Donald. It's a nice moment. And that takes us out of the lava world. Now we're to the waterworks. Troy comes into the study group one more time, the study room one more time, and, and takes a look at his home for the last couple of years. And it has a little bit of that, like, last episode, turning the sure. lights off in the bar for the last time. But I like that the show gives Donald an opportunity to do something like that, to step in and take in that set one more time. And, yeah. and for us to see that character taking that room one more time, like the, 
study room for community is like the bar for cheers or yeah, for sunny is. or whatever, or like the coffee shop for friends. It's mm-hmm. a very iconic television set that when you see it, you can just hear the whispers of like all the amazing, incredible, hilarious things sure. that have happened there before. So it is a nice, heavy, quick little moment. They don't linger on it too long. And outside, uh, the the truck that's towing the boat that I, that Troy's about to spend a year <laughs> on pulls up, and it's time for Troy to say his goodbyes to everybody. I think all of his goodbyes are really sweet, really mm-hmm. poignant. And in a way, I might like this moment better than the Pierce Bequeathals moment from I last do. week better. Even though, as a whole, I do like that episode quite a bit better. Mm-hmm. I think this is such... Finally, the show gives that honest... Like like I said, I wanted to hear a Troy and Abed, I love you, or something like that. But finally, there's like no pretenses. There's no like pretend. There's no... It's just emotional and it's real and the characters saying goodbye to each of these characters and they find a great way to, without being hammy, weave in a little bit of the character's history with each other in each goodbye. Yeah. Um, that Britta can't shut up and she's like, oh, I messed up our goodbye. This is how you're going to remember me. And that Troy understands in a way that nobody else in the study group does how great Britta is. Yeah. And tells her he loves her. What a cute moment. Donald sells all of these so well and, and Gillian's, Gillian's smile. I love the I'm better at sex than Jeff, right? Line, and she's like, I've yet to have have anyone anyone worse. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. The anyone might be the cheesiest one of them all, but it's still it's still a sweet moment. It it reminds you that oh yeah, there was a point when Annie's thing was that she was like in love with Troy. Yeah, and it shows you how far these characters have come and developed, and they live together. It's easy to forget that sometimes that she Mm -hmm. went from. From obsessing over this guy that would notice her to being fast friends for life and being roommates. What a cool story. It's great. I love that we can see, even just in these goodbyes, how much Troy has matured and and how much Troy meant to every member of the study group. You know, not just Abed, not just Britta. It's great. I adore the Jeff and Troy moment. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it says a lot more than what it actually says. This whole show, Jeff has been Troy's epitome of cool guy. Yeah. And when you're younger, there are people like that. And when you reach a certain age to see them from the same level, sure, there are people that just like exude cool. But nobody is that like image that you have in your head as the cool guy. And Jeff is able to admit that like this is kind of a facade uh, and by (laughs) doing this real like unadulterated experience that you're about to go on makes you the coolest person I've ever met. Makes you way cooler than Jeff. And that Jeff can like eat a little bit of humble pie, even though he has to whisper it to Troy. He can't let anyone mm-hmm. else hear. I think it's a really good moment. I think the Shirley moment is also great. Um, Troy is a character that I feel like sees Shirley for who she is and understands mm-hmm. her in a way that a lot of the other characters don't. Yeah. And I can see why when when Troy leaves that Shirley would maybe feel a little bit more alone. <laughs> and I love the, the calling her a badass moment. Because she is. The Shirley yeah. thing is badass. Are you okay? I, I can't help but tear up during this part, Zach. I can't well, not Well, talk it. to me. I want to hear about it. What are you thinking? I don't know. I think it's just like... I think they handled this scene so well. And the, the look in everybody's eyes, and I think depending on the character, you see 
depending on the maturity of the study group member, you see how they're taking it, right? I mean, Britta is like, we're like, okay, watch out for these things, but like also that, and he's like, Britta, I love you, like, you know, you're great. And Annie, it's the same thing. She's like, you know, I, I wish the best for you, all this. And like, Jeff's like, you're like stepping out there and doing it. And Jeff realizes how big a thing this is because I'm sure Jeff had opportunities to leave Colorado. He could have gone. He never gone did. And, you know, and he never left. And he's like, Troy's really taking this. And surely, you know, she is a little bit older than Troy. And she's like, you know, I'm proud of you. And thank you for like doing that. And then when it just gets to he and Abed, Abed can't even... And this is something with Abed's character is he in throughout the show has gotten much better at like eye contact and looking at people, mm. but he's he's looking down even just the, like that little acting thing from Danny Pudi is fantastic. That and, says like, a lot. Trying to be we like, do joking. look down when we're really disappointed and yeah. when we're really sad. Uh, I, I, I like what you said about seeing the look in everyone's eyes, and I feel like that goes past the characters because at this point it's the people reacting yeah. and losing their coworker and their friend. So you almost don't even have to act in a situation like this. You are mm-hmm. sad to say goodbye. Well, especially his goodbye to Britta didn't feel like Troy saying goodbye to Britta. It felt like Donald Glover saying goodbye to Jillian Jacobs. I Gillian feel like Jacobs. I feel like Gillian comes through in Britta's face. Yeah. Like lets herself come into it a lot more than the other characters do in a way that I really like. Totally. Man, the I remember seeing this for the first time and obviously the gut punches well, I put so I had to use yeah. some DNA from a homing pigeon, so you may notice side effects like a compulsion to come back, and that's kind of his way of saying like I'm still not over this. I'm still yeah. like trying to keep my friend here, and they just kind. Of, but Troy's like, I get it, cool. <laughs> and then they clone hug, and it's a beautiful moment. They silly hug, and then the look in Abed's face and eyes say it all. He's never hugged someone like that before, and well, and yeah, Troy, Troy and, feels oh, it too. The like and, little extra squeeze before Troy lets go is so sweet. Yeah beautiful whoo and that stuff's over now uh <laughs> they're talking about how he's gonna do this all by himself and he learns th- it, this makes absolutely no sense this it is makes the all of the sense least believable part of any of this i disagree he's been assigned uh well you think that lavar burton is putting his career off for a year you tell me lavar burton can't run his twitter from a boat you can't host jeopardy from it is he hosting right now no, but he did for like a week because exactly. everybody wanted him to. And then they were like, no, maybe with the white people. Yeah. All I'm saying is it's a little bit out there just for a reference to one of Troy's most iconic bits. And it's a good reference to make. I think that, it's great. That LeVar is going to be his first mate. And he's cloned Troy. So he's shocked to see him. But now <laughs> he can talk to him. He feels confidence. Even Abed gives him a little bit of confidence that he needs. It's a nice moment. And Come Sail Away by Styx in Amy Mann's voice. Which is a great reference. A great song cue. You know, Styx, this song is used in arguably my favorite television pilot of all time. Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks, yeah, it's great. It's a great pilot. Great song. Troy sets sail as being towed away by a car (laughs) with his (laughs) boat. Also, what gets me is watching, almost the most emotional moment of all of it is watching Abed actually watch Troy drive away. Uh, Danny really does a great job of doing a little or doing a lot with a little. Mm-hmm. And as he pulls away, the, the episode ends. Let's talk about the end tag. I love that they <laughs> point out how ridiculous it is that they're in Colorado and he's taking off. He's in a taking boat. off in a boat. <laughs> they're stuck in traffic and they're just hanging out in the boat, being towed behind the car. So funny. I also love that they're not driving the car. They're just literally in the boat being towed. Yep, you would think they could just hang out in the car at the very least. Nope. 
Uh, well, I mean, I guess the boat. I'd hang on a little boat. Stretch. It's yeah, illegal, sure. but I'd hang on the boat. Sure. Uh, obviously, this end tag for all of the crazy, funny end tags Donald Glover has been a part of, and that this section of film is literally Troy's last appearance in Community. Yeah. It's not the best, but it is funny no, but watching funny. him. Yeah, getting so excited to finally be alone with his one of his heroes and be able to ask all the burning Star Trek questions. Well, and I they love never got that, to ask. that he didn't know it was going to be Lavar Burton, but he had the the he had the list ready just in case he ever saw him again. He's been since that day. He's been planning when I see well, that LeVar was a, Burton an again, important moment for him. Troy. I mean, from that moment on, he has become the Troy we see today. He's been growing and evolving all for this. You know what little connection I just made? What's that? Troy's last episode and his last moments on the show does have a thin, uh, not even thin connection to what gives our podcast our title. It's a very, yeah, there we go. That's a I good like time all the to questions. <laughs> oh, static sounds. End of show. <laughs> uh, I like that the questions Troy has to ask are so very written by people who have been asked TV writer questions a hundred times. Yeah. I think every writer gets asked, does every writer write for one character? Of course <laughs> they don't. <laughs> What's a best boy? And I like that because Troy saw best boy in the credits and was like, I feel like He's I like, can, can be, I the, best be boy. the best boy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, why, did, why don't they call it Planet Trek? You never go to a star. I've never seen Star Trek, but I've always wanted to. I like Star Trek. I like the one with LeVar Burton the best. Next Generation is my favorite. I need to I need to do it. I need to. Has Whoopi Goldberg? That massive entity. That's nobody a, is at all going to get that. That's, that's a, a callback to our live stream that we did last yesterday. night. That nobody watched or engaged with. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the episode. You Steven. know what? That's not true, Zach. I will say we have at, we had as many, if not more, viewers last night than we normally do. Really? I wasn't really paying attention. I don't know how many actual viewers, but I know that there were people that weren't normally watching. Well, anyway, let's finish this thing up. Uh, Troy's <laughs> gone, and it's sad. Let's take a moment, because I'll be honest, Troy's not my MVP Troy's this Troy's not my MVP either. So let's take a moment. Um, uh, some of your favorite things about Troy, some of your thoughts that now that we're losing him, um, are you nervous to go into the rest of the show without Troy? I'm not nervous. I just know it won't be the same. I'll miss him. Um, Troy hasn't been the main focus of a ton of plot lines lately, so it's not going to feel like a different show, I think, in that regard. Um, but I'm going to miss seeing his Troy. reaction yeah. shots, his lines that he bumps off. Uh, yeah, he, he gets, he gets a lot of the heart of the show mm -hmm. and I don't think the show loses heart without him, but I do think the center is a little off without him. Yeah. Um, we really love Troy. Donald Glover did a great job on the show. Could not understand more why he left when he did. Yeah, because of what was I'm going on. I'm surprised he was there as long. I mean, honestly, yeah, because he's he really a star. Took off. Yeah, yeah. He w he needed to leave the show so he could go become one of the most famous people in pop culture. Mm -hmm. And he is, and he deserves it. And I still hope. I even though my expectations for a community movie or anything are pretty low. I do hope that that for that we'll see something. I hope yeah. that we see something, and I, I I do feel that Donald will be in a place where he'll, where he'll come back to it, and I think that'll be great. Mm -hmm. But sidestepping from that, we love Troy. We'll miss him. We'll miss Donald. But yeah. I still love the show. There's still some great, great episodes show. coming up. Who's the MVP of this episode for you? Um, I think I maybe we have the same one. Honorable mentions to Hickey. Okay. Um, 
honorable mention to Abed and honorable mention to Troy. I enjoyed both yep. of them this one, but especially Hickey, we're I think. Go, we're going my, the same place here, yeah, I can feel but it. But this is a Brita one for me. I love yeah, everything about Brita this episode. I think Gillian gives a heartfelt performance that's still funny, but also important to the group. I think she was great. This is as good a Brita episode um, in terms of her performance and impact that I've seen. Not even, even that it's a Brita episode. This is just as good of an episode that utilizes that yeah. character in the best way. I agree with you. It, it's it's me too. Without Brita in this episode, the moments between Troy and Abed that have the most resonance in them don't happen. Yeah. Um, Britta's really important to this episode. And I love Gillian. Like, man, I just, throughout this podcast, I'm learning especially how in love with her I am because mm-hmm. her face can convey so many things that, yeah. that stab right into my heart. I love Gillian so much, and I'm happy to be able to give Britta a little bit of little bit of kickback from Big Buzzkill once in a while. <laughs> so let's wrap this thing up, guys. If you like what we do here and you listen to us on a weekly basis and you want to see us be able to take it further as we move forward and beyond community, Patreon's the best way to do it. Support starts at $5 a, a month, and you get all kinds of weekly exclusive Patreon content, full episode-by-episode episode rewatch podcasts that are only on the Patreon, all kinds of stuff, a lot of fun. We appreciate the support. If you would like to, that's over at patreon.com slash can'tdisappointpodcast. Steven, for all the cheapos, all the scumbags that are just going to freeload off of us, where can they find us? <laughs> for you broke-ass hoes, you can go over to twitter.com uh, and follow us over at you can't disappod. We're also on instagram.com at can't disappoint podcast. And then if you really want to dive deep for free, head over to Facebook or youtube.com uh, and follow us, subscribe to us, add us over at uh, the whole name of the show. You can't disappoint a podcast. Steven, it's been fun. It feels like the end of an era, you know, now I we're know. to the, not the last season yet, but to the last chunk of community. It's um, a heavy, we've heavy got flow day. Nine, yeah, the flow is real heavy. Nine episodes left of season five. Then we lose Shirley and move on to season six. Um, we're starting to wrap these things up, and and I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see what's next. If you want to be a part of the next episode, that's analysis of Cork Network American. I forget. That's a American Cork analysis of Cork based networking. That's next week. Get ready to bear down your. Episode MVP, favorite funny moment, and whatever else we usually ask for, over to Podcast at gmail.com. And Steven, it's been fun. From inside the Dreamatorium, I'm Clone Zach. I'm Clone Steven. Black lives matter. Trans lives matter. Queer lives matter. We we love everybody. We love you. We love you. And we'll see you next week. I hope you come back. Bye, everyone. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, sticks. I'm sad. I see you playing your card that now I have no choice but what to play at the end of the episode. <laughs> you have to choose. Either you cut out that last thing that I said or you play the What song. if I want to play the Amy Mann version? Ladies and gentlemen, Amy Mann has sticks. Okay. Yeah, but now that I'm thinking about it, the sticks version really is the superior version. So yeah. let me get one. Let's get the sticks again. <clears throat> Ladies and gentlemen, sticks. All right, everybody. Here's Amy Mann. <laughs> The end. The end stop. Okay.